0: The Pillars of Health podcast with strength coach John Carroll coming to you from the Movement Lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're about to dive into everything you need to know when it comes to strength and conditioning, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Check us out on MovementLabRally.com and CoachJohnCarroll.com. And now your host, John Carroll.
1: You know, some things I, I thought about was like, what were what were your training sessions like, and how challenging were they?
0: Uh, it was like death. <laughs> <laughs> to be being honest with you, I mean, if people don't understand, it's really. Like what well, was tell, tell, okay? Tell this me about like one building, of the hardest
1: sessions you you've ever done. Building
0: resistance to death. The hardest sessions, to be honest with you, were like these multiple sessions where we had like a long, just a long day. Mm-hmm. We knew it was going to be a long day, and it was all about uh, anaerobic stuff. Yeah, I loved it though because the pain was crazy and then the next day you know all the all you know everyone all your training partners would just talk shit to each other about how they looked (laughs) when they were like puking or like you know rigor mortis and stuff um there was some training during the early preseason where we would do it's like just a crazy anaerobic day and we do like sled slow sled marches Mm. heavy Uh, sled marches yeah, heavy sled marches, okay. yeah. And then it'd be, like, superseded. So we'd have, like, a, a team of three. And that team of three had one, like, big heavy sled. It was a pushing sled, not a pulling one. Yeah. So we pushed that marching slow. He was so, like, meticulous in, like, how we struck the ground and, like, right. our angles and stuff. So it was, like, really slow. It was like death. But it was, like, for... Uh, we are on So it was in a university So we are on American field It was about 50 yards And we'd be in teams So Come back and forth Back and forth You'd add like Drills in between We'd do some like Starts At some point I remember Going on the track And running like Three Three hundreds okay. Repeats Which is kind of crazy But it's all preseason.
1: So how many of the repeats Were you doing?
0: Oh uh, not many I think it was like three or something like that. Three three by 300? Yeah. Okay. But at this point you're pretty shot, right? I'm shot. Yeah. And then we go to the gym.
1: And you go train after
0: that? Yeah. That's one thing that's different. Yeah. I will say this. Between um, British athletics and American or even Jamaican athletics too or Caribbean athletics is that British athletes don't lift and and, uh, well sometimes they might but it's from some of my other friends they don't they, they have a gym day then they have a then a they have a track yeah but American and other we'll have like together yeah same yeah. day yeah yeah and so yeah that's that's interesting because but we have more days off I think we'd have they would train they might train for six days a week the other one might be trained for four to five days a week
1: so F- five s- days a week So being a track athlete, it was track drills or slash work, right? And then into the gym after that?
0: Yes. It was mostly after, unless he wanted to get us in there and we had, like, a crazy, like, 100% or 90% day. Yeah. We only had, like, two reps or something. We might go in the gym and just do something.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask. So, like, was there ever a time where it was gym first and then the track?
0: Yeah, if we had, like, a... Um, one of those days, we right. had to be like hyped, like your nervous system had to yeah. be working. So we might do like either in the gym and do like one or two exercises where there was like light cleans, like really quick, yeah. outside, and we'd have some like um, medicine ball or like dumbbell stuff to do mm-hmm. right before we went, just to like get our nervous system excited. Right. But most of the time, it was after.
1: And what were what were the, like the main lifts you guys worked on in the gym?
0: Oh, we did mostly Olympic stuff. For okay, me. clean you know, snatches, clean snatches, jerks, and that. We, like I said, though, my coach actually was weird. He's he's a doctor too, mm. in, like physiology or something like that. Okay, so I was fortunate enough to like have very customized like lifting and stuff yeah. when I was when i was there so i do know this our lifts matched what we did in training right with us either through intensity or the movements that we're doing to try to make sure that we were reinforcing the things that we're doing on the track well i mean it makes sense when you say it right but at the
1: same time there's a lot of coaching going on where yeah some people are trying to kill their athletes in the gym and then yeah, you can on the track, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, one coach I had later in life is one of the, like greats, I guess. He oh George Williams, he said that uh you cannot, I mean you're not going to ride a Pinto the way you ride a, F- a Ferrari. Right. You're not going to put the same oil in it. Yeah. Same gas in it. You're not going to drive it the same and you might not drive the Ferrari every day. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have to... It's the same situation. Yeah. you got to... You're trying to train a, what you think is a finely tuned engine or yeah. whatever. You're not going to do the same stuff. Right. You're just not... Yeah. yeah. Well, you, well, you shouldn't be, right? Well, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't, yeah. you
1: shouldn't be training a sprinter like you're training a football player or yeah. any sort of different sport athlete, right? It yeah. should be a... a an individualized program for that person and for the sport.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: What was it? What was it like receiving the the medal for the Olympics?
0: Um. What was it like? Because you got it. Was uh, it later? I did get it later. It was unfortunate. Uh, not be, many people know that. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be sponsored and stuff like that. But you um, know, there's a lot of sponsorships too that I missed out on because that didn't happen. In, like in. The right order. In, in the Olympics. Like, it didn't yeah, happen so at like post race, Yeah, it's like right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen in that order, like in the right order. So when was it found
1: out that Russia were cheating and you would get the bronze medal? I
0: don't know how it happened. I think, you know, it came out because someone was a part of it. Mm-hmm. They, or, you know, I guess you call them whistleblowers. And so that called them to then retest. But I'm not sure All if right. they just retested it. I think it's was spread on by people saying yeah that's what happens a whistleblower happened and then they went back and tested it and then it just so happened that three or four well four out of four i think on the team and tested positive
1: so was it a case where it was a positive test but the lab hit it or I, you or know, did the lab you it know wrong?
0: what i do not know yeah. and i don't think we ever know
1: okay because that's that's, really, that's something I have a hard time trusting. Is like sending these samples off. Like for example, they right say, yeah. when when Russia had the Olympics, right. I'm sorry, but you need an independent lab, which they probably had, but it's still in Russia, right? right. And you know that. I mean, stuff goes missing. Yeah. Like, listen, you need to have get swapped out a, a better way of doing things. Basically, I so. mean, I've
0: heard all kinds of crazy stories about um, um, people being planted at. Airports, And if they see uh, a WADA or a, um international IOC mm-hmm. committee person come in or they see a UACTF person come in, then they will seriously pick up the phone or text somebody and let them know right. that they're in the country. Wow. And uh, then people need to go missing. <laughs> so, you
1: know the infamous race where Ben Johnson yeah, beat yeah. Carl Lewis and right. then he tested positive or something. Yeah. Have you heard the story about the testing room post-race? No, no. So Ben Johnson is back there about to give a sample. He's celebrating. He's got a beer. He's about to give a, a urine test, right? And Carl, Lew- one of Carl Lewis's good friends is in the testing room. And to this day, right, and there's an ESPN 30 for 30 on this.
0: He was just hanging out?
1: He was just hanging out. And so he, he talks to Ben Johnson. He's like, you know, oh. Ben's like, oh what are you doing here? You know? Right. History is history. Ben goes on to test positive for, for some obscure steroid that Charlie Francis said I would never have him take that close to a race, you know what I mean?
0: Well the thing is too, like they have they they pay a lot of money for doctors to be around to I mean, we're talk we're getting in the weeds now. Right. we will probably open the curtain. <laughs> but uh I mean, think about it. I mean, this guy's making money and stuff, why would he not make sure that what he's doing, whether or not he knows it or not, even if it's coach, um, that they're doing everything at the right time not to be caught. Right. And so when you look at it like that, like that that to me is like, okay, if Ben Johnson wants
1: taking stars, I really don't care, number one, uh, yeah. because I'm pretty sure they were going to be careful about being off before the Olympics. Because yeah. like in, in the documentary, even Ben Johnson says, like, you're never on when you compete. Like you're not taking them at that because point in time.
0: Because you're just that's like the work, right? Just like the love, exactly. Yeah, like sure.
1: you want to take them when you're training hard, yeah. you know, before pre-competition. And so he says when he saw, uh, you know, Carl Lewis's friend in there. Now people are like, oh, you're you know, you're just you're just mad you were caught. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, why was Carl Lewis's friend there? And uh, whenever Carl Lewis is approached about this topic, he he says that, "Oh, come on! Like that's such a conspiracy theory, you know." Mm. Which is an easy get out of dodge kind I of clause, right? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think um, I'm not saying either one done anything. Yeah, but it just looks super <laughs> suspicious. Just in case Carl Lewis is listening, but
0: um, I don't think that I don't think that he would direct that. That would be probably. Something oh, that would be that would uh, be a to, coaching level thing. Yeah, they, he say. probably would never have wanted. Thought about that it right. might have been just somebody else. It could be it, could be. it could
1: be a rogue effort too, right? Yeah. Could be someone who you know looks out for Carl a lot and is like, I don't want to see him go down like this,
0: and kind no. of helps him out. But who knows? it
1: just is very suspicious circumstances.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never gone down that path, man. But uh, you know, uh, being an athlete, you know, I've, I'm very knowledgeable about. Mm. Stuff that goes on and people that have assistance and stuff and I mean I'm just gonna say that for the people in my realm that actually got sponsored and stuff like, yeah I mean most of this, i mean they have doctors and stuff like this, not like they're just uh at home taking it themselves from right? like some off brand place yeah. and and I don't even want it. i'm not I'm not in endorsing any of that stuff at all. I mean, for me, I felt like I just did something until I wasn't good enough to do it, and then I moved on. Right. But some people feel like that's the way of like sustenance. But I, mean, I went to
1: school, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say, like when it comes to any performance enhancement and stuff like that, like listen, I don't, I don't judge anybody. You know, if it's, if it's illegal in the sport, then obviously you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. But I look at stuff like the Tour de France or even even that, that Carl Lewis-Ben Johnson final where eight, eight out of... Sorry, seven out of eight Spender's tested positive, yeah. I think, or something, or something like that. If everybody's doing it, why not just legalize it and control it and make sure everybody's being protected? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the Tour de France, Lance Armstrong was disqualified and they had to give the gold medal to the 25th person?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Right? And stuff like that, I'm like, come on.
0: I think... Um, so I will be... I'll I'll straddle the fence on that one so I will say that the only reason not to do that is because it creates a barrier for people who don't have the finances to right. to do like exactly how you s- right. say
1: and I, and I can see it as well from a standpoint of like okay if you legalize performance enhancement and you have Johnny who's 12 years old and he wants to be a competitive sprinter yeah, it's probably not the best thing for him to start taking steps. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I t- <laughs> from, from that point of view right, you know yeah. that's probably not the best thing yeah um but again, like, it, it definitely is a rabbit hole. Right, like you, could, yeah. you can go down that and argue many different ways. But it's, uh, it's definitely fascinating to me looking at human beings and what we will do to mm. succeed. Yeah, you know what, what, what do I need to do to be the best and stay the best? Mm. You know, because I think for someone who who wants to do well in something, I think it starts off as this organic thought and you know, this this desire to to be the best they can. But then it becomes about holding on to power, which can bring out some things maybe Crazy, you didn't yeah. think we're capable of. Yeah. You know?
0: It's the insecurities, man. Mm. It's, uh, like you said, you get to a certain point and to stay there. Right. And you see people like – so it's like as an athlete, it's hard. Even for people that are like stellar people, it happens every sport. You're talking about Premier League and you have a young guy who comes in and all of a sudden – has the rookie, sit, right? right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not – you know, he's still tremendous – or you have uh someone who leaves high school and like starts running, and you see these guys who are really young guys' run, and then they go overseas and stuff, and like it's just bad, yeah or you know every sport yeah. anyway wherever you go the deal is is that it's so easy to perform when stuff isn't on the line, you don't get paid for it right. And if you do poorly, then your parents will say, "Okay, well, next time you go next year, next week." Or, but you know, when you start getting on that it's like if you don't perform well, then you're done. Right. That's it. I mean, you're not you're not earning to to support yourself and your family. You know? That, yeah. That and then you way. have like all these other people around that you need too, like your agent, mm-hmm. your race manager, uh, sp- sponsors. How, how does it work in relation to
1: an athlete and an agent? Is the agent is it based on winnings, or is uh, it just like almost like, like you're
0: hired? You've hired him. Yeah, you've. They. You definitely sign a contract okay. with your agent separate than the um, commercial sponsor, right? And then whatever that term is, is how you conduct the whole relationship. I mean, most agents work off a of commission, though. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're. Depending on what sport you are, they are like agency or like whatever sport you're in, whatever governing body mm-hmm. won't necessarily give rules, but they'll give like um, guidelines maybe for what that percentage is. So different sports, okay. the percentage. So it just gotta be some crazy kind of kind of standard. Some might be low mm-hmm. with like some other like other stuff thrown in there. Some might be high. But right. There's like different depending on the sport. There's different um kind of acceptable r- yeah, ranges. Okay. Okay. Um what what was it like working
1: with Michael Johnson?
0: Mm, to be fair, I mean, it, it, to be fair, it was okay. I mean, the guys that he had, he had a select group, didn't take on everybody. Right. A lot of the guys that were in that group, I'm still friends with now, so I feel like because the group was so small, it was fine. He was uh so Good story. I ended up was probably I ended up getting third at uh, European Championships one year. I Remember, he was commentating though. Okay. So he's my agent and he's commentating on the same, same at the same time. And he's critiquing me on. He's critiquing me and and in, in on air. On air. Okay. I later heard about it through my mom and my dad and um, saying how he was critiquing my race. I was like. I can't do that in public. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't believe. Uh, basically, he was saying that I was underperforming myself because I was, like, an athlete and stuff. So I guess he's trying to give me some leeway, but he was not nice about it. Right. Like, yeah, it was pretty bad. But I guess he wanted to show that he was impartial.
1: Yeah. Like, he didn't want to, I guess he didn't want to be all about his client yeah play, so. I guess and, but al- and almost went too far in the other direction No,
0: nah, yeah he should have just been about his client That's right. <laughs> his loyalty <laughs> <laughs>
1: What was it like for you transitioning uh, out of being an athlete into cuz you're you're currently a business owner here in North Carolina, right? Right, yeah. Um so if you just tell everybody what it is you do and also um what that transition was like going from like being a professional athlete to kind of doing your own thing.
0: I co-own a mental behavioral health company, a home health company, or well, home care company. And so basically all it is, we're provi- we're small providers. So we have a couple clinics mm-hmm. where people can come in and Get therapy from one of our psychiatrists or our nurse practitioners or. What's the, what's the name of your company? Almas Academy. So we've been and we've been going for about mm, ten years now. Oh, awesome! Uh, Congrats on ten years. Started, yeah, yeah. We um, but the transition was hard. So I was seriously doing payroll and I had finals the next day. And then they would say I was underperforming, but you know, right. this, this is like for me, I just cannot. I always put too much stuff on my plate. Yeah, it's just me, and that's sometimes to my detriment. Well, from the outside looking in, people would think, "Oh, he could have been this," but right. for me, it's just it. It's all. It's never served me wrong. Like I just, yeah. I can just either handle it or I'm just gonna crack up for like eight hours and I'll get back to it (laughs) so are you are you more comfortable
1: being busy having something going all the time as opposed to not having something yeah I have to I have to I
0: mean even um, if I choose to take some time for myself or whatever that's fine but if I don't have at least uh, three things going on then I'm probably I'm gonna get anxious and stressed (laughs) out (laughs) let's be honest with you I'm gonna be stressed (laughs) See, Vex. my dad is definitely that, that type of person it, so yeah, yeah. for sure
1: yeah and and cuz i come across and I, I talk to a lot of former collegiate athletes who you know you go from you go from training every day right right to loving the process to now you're working this 9 to 5 oh and yeah. you've got you have to make time to train or work out yourself yeah because you know a lot of f- former collegiate athletes want to stay active in that that role right
0: oh, it's 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 amazing i mean I stopped running intentionally I didn't do anything mm-hmm. sat I didn't sit around obviously I had other things to right. do and I started so now a reflection it it makes sense but think about it you're working hard endorphins going crazy you like to work until you're like you're completely rested and satisfied so now you have to figure out how do I get to the same state without being exhausted right I mean, think about that. I mean, normally you're exhausted. You've worked yourself your ass off all day. Right. And then you're exhausted. You can risk a piece. So <laughs> so you're going to do that. And then you're all the hormonal stuff. This is a real thing. So I stopped. Di- I didn't do anything. I started, like, getting into arguments with Shana all the time. Irritable. And then she said, something, you need to go. Like, when's the last time you went to go do something? Right. And then I looked at Tassel. I was like, oh, well, I'll just sub in for a team. Right. So I subbed in and then i got it. I'm hooked now. Yeah. But, um, well, 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 no, actually, first I got in the gym and gained like 20 pounds. <laughs> no, it just, I was, I was a fanatic, so I was just working like consistent, out. Consistent, yeah. Oh, every day. I gained like 20 pounds. <laughs> then I was like, ah, oh, I'm done with this. So rent out. And then, um, I lost it all okay. <laughs> and started playing uh, soccer again or football or whatever <laughs> and then uh, but you you go through that you get really irritable you get yeah. crazy because mm-hmm. and then you start playing again and then you're okay yeah
1: it's wild it is crazy but it, but it makes sense when you think about it though mm. right because you're you're basically in a category of people who thrive on high levels of activity as a human yeah. being, right? Like you're, that's, your, that's your comfort zone, really. Like, you don't mind those hard days. They're tough days, right, yeah. when you're training hard? Right. But it's not something you can't do. Right. And then when you go to a situation where now you're doing nothing, <sighs> yeah. it's, it's almost like that, that situation where this guy works until he's 65. He's right. been working every day since <laughs> he got out of high school. And then he goes to retirement what does he do? Oh, my And then he gosh. goes out of his mind with boredom, right? Yeah. So I, it's it's kind of similar
0: in that respect to where you got to do something to have an outlet. You have to. I almost feel like, too, as far as physical activity, I feel like I'm – I was talking to Shana two, last week. I was mm. like, Shana, I mean, I'm going to run. I mean, I'm, going, I'm playing two nights a week or whatever, two or three nights a week. It's all aerobic, though. I don't feel like – oh, you know, I don't – and I was like, maybe I should do she was like, You're always trying to add something. <laughs> I was like, Maybe I should do like bring a kettlebell to like before the match and like just do some stuff or like She was like, You're always trying to add stuff. And I'm like, dude, I just you know So yeah, we we're always like searching for how to self punishment. We, we really love it To <laughs> Figure out another way to uh uh, I wish I wish again. you had brought that kettlebell in, and we're
1: like doing some swings before a game or something. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: would look like idiots. Oh man, we uh. we should, yeah.
1: Where do you see the future going for you, your family, your business? Yeah, like what's what are some goals you you want to achieve?
0: Oh man, I, I only. <sighs> it's if if i if i'm ever fortunate enough i feel like i would hopefully be in a situation where my business is uh and we're get, we're growing so much but th- th- we get to a place where everybody feels like they're a part of something yeah you know bigger than just coming to work for a 9 to 5 yeah. and then um I think, that's, I think that's
1: cool to hear because as a business owner, you're not just looking, oh, I'll I want to make this much money. Yeah. You know, like you want to you want to help improve your employees' daily life.
0: Yeah. And that's just us in general. I mean, we could be making a lot more. Right. Meaning that we could, you know, cut some jobs here or cut some rates here. But that's just not how we do. We want to make sure everyone's in a good space. Um, because at the end of the day, we want people to come because they want to, not because they have to. Right. As far as my family, I just want to be able to raise a son that, like I said, is independent, thinks for himself, because he's gonna make mistakes. People are gonna he's gonna have hard times, but if you come out the other way, have confidence and self determination, not somebody telling you to do stuff and self-confidence to make decisions for yourself then right you can pretty much dig yourself out of any situation yeah so everybody'd be happy
1: that's awesome man that's uh that's definitely something i would like to pass on if i have a son or daughter right and yeah um i think it's without actually knowing it i kind of done that to a certain extent when i was growing up because number one early on i was very conscious what people thought of me right but then I was big into hip hop in an area where nobody was into hip hop. Yeah, see, so I, I and, I, and I dressed like that, like I dressed yeah. with baggy jeans, and nobody wore baggy jeans, right? <laughs> and so people made fun of me all the time.
0: Uh, what 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 time was this? Because it was this this like, like a punk like, scene, or what? That, this
1: well, this is like a rave scene back then. Oh, right. okay. So I was doing, I was listening to hip hop. Maybe two of my close friends were listening to hip hop too. Yeah, yeah. But I was the one who was like living it.
0: <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah, I, I was living, living it. <laughs>
1: And I was like, you know, I had some fucking Sean John. I oh, had some God. lugs. had These table are, and boots. And you got, did
0: you get those imported or what? <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was all coming into Dublin. So you get stuff in Dublin. Oh, right, yeah. But, like, it was this one tiny store that nobody knew about. Oh, that's just But spot. it was, like, an awesome little community, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, like, people back then would make fun of me at, like, going to school or in, yeah, in my hometown. Where you like, did your own thing. I was like, well, fuck and it. And you had
0: people around you that allowed you to do your own thing, too. Right, yeah. Right.
1: And my parents, like they never said anything against me weren't like listen yeah. you wear what you want to wear yeah. I never and here's the thing right typical Irish attitude I never told my parents about people like getting on to me like I, yeah, you, I never expressed that right because I didn't know how to and me me hearing myself say that sounds like I'm weak yeah right? I understand that and that's just a an old school mind frame from now, that time right I
0: mean that's still stuff that we carry today I mean like I mean, I've had experiences like that. To be honest with you, this is how bad it is. Yeah. So, just talking about myself. No, let'll tell you what. I'll talk about my sister. Okay. My sister came home after getting picked on and got beat up or something like that. And uh, my brother and my other sister were like, "Um, you got beat up where?" Like so at the bus stop. She just got dropped off. So, and they marched her back to the bus stop right they're like why are you crying here and left her it's like you need to figure th- so the girl beat her up she's like listen you need to go take that l or fight or whatever but we'll you can come back home after you're finished right like that kind of is what you don't let people do that to yeah. you yeah yeah you know what i mean and so i can understand that
1: yeah that's um that's a life lesson <laughs> we don't hear too much anymore because now it's it's parents taking up for their kids which don't get me wrong in certain instances you gotta step in for your kid right but at the same time it's almost to the point now to where I I was like the generation of helicopter parents Mm -hmm. want to do everything for their kid and uh, in my opinion it's a huge disservice for the kid because they'll never survive on their own
0: yeah but then it ends up working the opposite way too and I agree with you is that you raise your kid where you're always there all the time. Yeah. Then when you're gone, or you're not there, they right. freak out. They either go get a gun instead of just like settling something. Right. Someone verbally. Yeah. Or like physically, or not at all. I mean, sometimes people say something to you. Just keep it moving. I mean, sometimes you need to retaliate. Right. But you don't retaliate to the extreme because you've never been there before. Right. Like you've seen this before. Right. So it's not like. I'm going to go and like get something crazy. And also I'm not going to freak out and go in depression. Right. So like sometimes it's like one of those self-fulfilling prophecies where like you're raising kids and like you're helicoptering around trying to prevent them from being something. But they end up being worse than you thought they would be. Right. Well, it's, it's because they've never learned,
1: number one, to communicate. They've never learned how to express feelings of anger or disappointment or sadness to other people, and so, and again, this is just my thoughts, but yeah. it comes to a point where they hit this maximum ability to take this type of abuse or situation that they can't handle, yeah, and they look for an extreme uh, answer, yeah. And that, that, as we can see, takes many forms today, yeah. you know. But yeah,
0: but I can tell you're a rumbler when you're a kid, though. <laughs> I was a like, what? You're a
1: rumbler <laughs> after a while. I learned pretty quickly, I was very, very soft early on yeah. I got hit a couple of times and I was like alright it's on <laughs> plus I was like the gentle giant I was like 6 foot when I was like 15 right Is it skinny as a stick yeah and uh, I got roughed up a couple of times I was like alright let's do this so
0: that's like one of these like uh, one of these stories now that circulates with like some of my friends and stuff so I'm, I've always been like a wiry guy right but I'm not the weakest guy but maybe now But I wasn't. And so, you know, I've always been like this. And so I've gotten situations before with different people and always been okay. But when I moved to England for a while, you know, there's always, like, these guys that are, like, always, like, so loud, you know. I was trying to start something. Yeah. So, like, one day outside of a a place in an undisclosed, like, club, this guy was, like, mouthing off or something. And then said, you know, I mean what's up man like chill out chill out chill out and he kept going crazy right. and I stuck him and he slid up against a car and fell right Right. and the bouncer just looked at everybody and just laughed and I'm like and we, me and like some people that I won't tell who was with me like walked off I hope the guy's okay I think he is <laughs> <laughs> I, you know I'm sure this is like years and years and yeah years yeah from now. I hope he is okay too but you know? Yeah, I'm sure he's all right. But um, I think sometimes, like you said, you had like certain experiences when you were a kid that like toughened you up, I think. If everyone had those experiences, then that guy yelling and being obnoxious probably wouldn't happen either because he would be like, I don't need to say anything. Right. I mean, I just am who I am. I, yeah. You know, you just walk different. You talk different. Right. You're not loud. And you don't go out picking fights with people. So, th- so this is where I'm at right now, right?
1: I look at I look at a story like that, and I'm like, okay, this person started something, right? And I I look at what's going on in society today, yeah. And the, well, you know, without getting into politics, Stuff, right? Yeah. But you have certain people in positions of power who are promoting certain messages that give people like that the idea that it's okay to express extreme views or to hate pe- certain people, yeah. Which, if you're looking at it from a standpoint of freedom of speech, okay, freedom of speech, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Hate speech,
0: now you're trying to endanger someone. I feel like I, I uh, free speech is not free. I mean, it comes at a cost to someone. Right. And, I mean, you can be well, – why cannot – I mean, they don't put up swastikas in Germany. I mean, they've – Because, they because said, Germany reconciled with their past and they said hey we're not gonna do that anymore guys but that was never done in this country no it's crazy
1: so there's a big difference there yeah
0: but in my opinion
1: if you're if you're putting out a message of hate and and bad things are happening you're going to either have to accept what that you're responsible for that or there's going to be a reckoning at some point now i'm not saying how that comes about i don't know it can take many forms i'm sure but but you're going to be held responsible at some point in your life. Is it? Yeah. That's my opinion. You know, yeah. like, whether it's this life or the next. Right, yeah. You know, and, hey, there's many gods out there. Yeah. I Believe whatever you want. No. Right? I say,
0: everyone says karma's a bitch. I mean, wherever you, whatever you believe, whether it's one religion or the other, everyone believes that you get what you give, pretty much. Right.
1: And, and that's what I, I think. I think if you're
0: tearing people apart and promoting
1: hate and right. endangering people, then... Yeah. It's going to come full circle. Yeah. So You know, it should. But I mean, I mean, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talked before about small businesses. The two of us are small business owners. Right. And we talked about how taxes get dealt with for
0: major corporations. All <laughs> right? <laughs> right, And we always get our ass kicked. It's crazy, too, because they always do this where they try to, like, pit people up against each other and say, mm-hmm. well, you just want to cut taxes. And then all the people that are... You know, in our situations, uh, small businesses and stuff, they said, yeah, we should cut taxes. And the tax cut was, you know, good and everything, but the taxes were good for the Uber. A lo- Not actually Uber, right. but their taxes have been okay. Yeah. Like, why do they need more tax? I mean, I'm not saying you should tax them. I'm not getting into politics, but they've been paying no taxes. Yeah. Sometimes getting refunds.
1: But but who are these tax breaks uh, benefiting? It's the elite. Like, at the end of the day, long term, it's
0: the elite. Yeah. Well, you know... Like, me and you are getting charged to
1: pay for Amazon, never paying a dime.
0: Yeah. But they were not getting paid a dime before, too. Right. Yeah. So, like, nothing has changed there. No. And then, you know, this crazy thing is, even if I wanted to be as eager and aggressive with taxes... Right. Uh, writing off things. I know in other countries, you know, it's not the same. Are you talking or about elderly? like
1: having offshore accounts, or, or like a, say, if you had an office in Dublin where you paid no tax, right? Like so you can't do that as a small business owner, right? No,
0: because they have like a whole department of attorneys and lawyers <laughs> that would just flood the IRS with like a bunch of stuff. And I don't know to to be honest with you too, like a lot of IRS agents and stuff, they're not there because they're overworked too, and yeah. not you know they. They're just doing their job, so it's not, like, anything against them. Yeah, we just can't do that. So sometimes we pay more than we should just because I just don't want a problem.
1: Right. Well, you're just conforming to to the policies in place, right? And as a small business owner, you can't be like, okay, I'm going to take you to court because you just don't have that. You don't have it. You don't have those resources. I
0: can't take all of my income as, like disbursements and dividends you right. know i have to my tax rate because of how i get paid is higher than if i owned a public publicly traded company and just took all my income as dividends right i mean it's just what it is but think
1: of right think of every small business owner in america who pays taxes right hmm. if you were to, okay if you're if you're a an entrepreneur who's a small business owner we're going to have a special rate of tax for you, and if you're a major corporation who makes over a billion dollars a year, mm. you're paying the most. Now, to me, that makes a, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, no, I, I didn't really it's a big problem, but that's, that that's a small resolution. Like, but to put a simple outlook on it, like, but would you do like gross revenue or would you do like because they'll expense the shit out of their stuff? But I, I think it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be
1: gross income. Yeah, as a as a company. Yeah. Like, for example, like we all know Amazon is probably the biggest company in the world right now. Huh. Right, possibly.
0: Well, the biggest. I think Amazon has the most cash on hand. We're cash but, on hand, yeah. yeah. So
1: to me it's crazy that they're not paying any taxes. Yeah. Like if you tax them the same as you tax a small business, you could pretty much set up teachers in this country.
0: Oh right. I mean that's what it is. Or healthcare yeah. or you they know they have all that's their full job is to figure out ways that so they can maneuver around yeah. regulations. But You know we don't have that, and uh, you know I never thought about it. Like you have a certain threshold about businesses. They always talk about like income taxes for people, which is like the wrong. But I always thought that if they, the government really wanted to cut taxes and promote hiring, they should cut employment tax. Right. Like the so the employers have to match certain taxes, and so talk about like payroll taxes and like how they it. Now I'm not talking about social security and stuff like yeah. that you pay into, but because those are obligations. Right. But maybe they take away unemployment insurance and just pay for it. Or or the matching or the employer matching or cut at least cut the employer matching for certain stuff.
1: When it comes to a small business, like the payroll taxes, that can be a make or break. So like with mm-hmm. this new idea of increasing the minimum wage, right, when I first heard that, I was like that's an awesome idea, Man, right and it's
0: like crazy, But if though. that for a
1: small business that could put you a business,
0: yeah, and so they're not thinking about it. you're paying somebody double, so now all the old rates that people are getting is going to be ba- you know you got a based new, off of that you got a new baseline right, and um people are going to think about experience, so you're talking about fifteen, that's the floor mm-hmm of a small business when they were probably paying like 10 but you have somebody that's working with you for like 10 years. Right. So you're not going to pay somebody just 15. You're going to pay the new person 15. 15 we're yep. going to probably try to pay them 25. Right. So I mean there's um, you got to think about that but then also like you said the payroll taxes like yeah. the overtime and payroll tax would be crazy. I mean, you got to match $15.
1: contributions or you can match contributions right? So
0: Yeah and then um, you know the government doesn't tell you either that or US government doesn't tell you either that um, certain thresholds of income trigger you into different tax brackets so mm. they're not cutting those bra- they're not cutting those rates right so a person that was earning like i don't know 12 dollars an hour and or 10 or 8 maybe it the same it was say minimum wage and they were then getting a bunch of uh, maybe they get a refund at the end of the year maybe they get government assistance right well, now they're getting fifteen, so their government assistance is gone. Yeah, unless they change that threshold, mm-hmm. they're probably like refund is probably gone, unless they change the code with that. Right. So they're really squeezing people again. Yeah, by increasing that rate, right? Without decreasing the other stuff along with it, mm-hmm. and that's it's hard to explain to because I didn't go through every thing. Right. It's hard to explain to people that don't see the other the other side or yeah. the whole picture, right? Yeah. I think
1: you know, just to sum it up for me, I think I just hope we don't just keep doing something because it's the way we've always done it. Agreed. You know, because, and that comes to whatever it is. Like, uh, I'm thinking about like, okay, look at, look at our election process. Look at healthcare. Like, we can change things for the better for the future, but we're so stuck in our ways right now that no one no one's willing to to budge.
0: Yeah.
1: No one's willing to make it better for someone else because they're not benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a sorry state of affairs unfortunately, you know. It's just
0: a lot of selfishness going around, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I uh, yesterday I I woke up. Uh, I know, I felt like I I caught the selfish the selfishness. <laughs> it's infectious. Yeah, but um I think you know more than anything that this stuff is generational and it's like every 40 years 40 to about 40 40 to 50 years there's some like new leap and new change right whether or not it's like um, the 60s or 70s and then you add like 19 and 1920s it's like every Forty fifty years. Right. The same if you go back before that too, you start thinking about eighteen hundreds too. It's like every forty to forty to fifty years something happens. So yeah. we're like, uh no, we need to do something different. <laughs> well, I mean, we hope, right? We, yeah. We hope that Well, I mean, I have two passports, so <laughs> well, no, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know is both of our both of those two places maybe Ireland might be all right though to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but both of those two places might be cut off in the world here pretty soon i don't know what Ireland you might be all right uh, it's uh it's hard to
1: know like we're in such a strange place politically and also economically with just like everything that's going on right now and right. you know again one of those deep topics we couldn't get, in, get into all, all day long but yeah just give me a give me like a one-liner on what your thoughts are on brexit right now if that's even possible. <laughs> Fucking hell.
0: Um, you know, I was watching this um, documentary, and it sounds like some sc- conspiracy thing, but I was watching this documentary. is about uh, Cambridge Analytica. And oh, you're talking about the, the Great Hack? Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. So, I mean, if you think about it, the British people got duped again. I mean... Oh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. I mean, a, a lot deeper than most people like really think about. Well, still, th- those people who are duped still don't know they were duped. Well, you know, they you still we watched the- that one part where the, the, the importer was like, well, yeah, voted for Brexit. He was like, uh, well, do you understand that the ports are going to be shut right. pretty much? Like, you- what? He was <laughs> like, well, yeah, my family's been this this business for like 40 years, 35 years. I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive this he was like do you vote for Brexit he was like yeah but I didn't think it was going to be like this right what do you mean But what do you but mean but that's the thing there was there was all this propaganda yeah
1: and there was a lack of education now are there people that legitimately think Brexit is a good thing and they have reasons for it of course there are
0: right but I haven't but seen any good ones what reasons are it not to just negotiate with what you have why would you throw something away I never I never knew that I mean just say okay well i don't like this aspect can we figure out a way to to to, to change this a little bit now you got to take this with a pinch of salt
1: right yeah all right. because this is coming from an irishman
0: yeah <laughs> pinch of salt. but okay. there's a
1: certain there's a certain mentality yeah that we equate to a certain generation of british right british people oh yeah because i already men, know what you're gonna say right? yeah, yeah okay and so they have this idea that it's yeah. still an empire and we are yeah. able to do great things yeah. and I'm sorry, but you've got
0: to you've got to get along with other people, right? No, it's not. You know, we it's not uh, ten cups and fishing line, fishing wire to talk to people. I mean, right. it's it's like a globalized, connected world. Right. Like so, you can't be isolated. Either yeah, yeah, either, right. Yeah,
1: and if it wasn't for the EU, Ireland wouldn't be right where it's at right yeah, now. Yeah, if it wasn't the, for the EU, Northern Ireland would be a terrible place. still. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you look at places like Scotland and even parts of, like, like I look at Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool is right because of the EU. Yeah. So, I'm like, I'm just I'm, I'm just looking at everything every day and going, like, what what is the reason behind this?
0: Well, yeah. There's one reason it doesn't make financial sense because you end up, like, cutting your nose off to spite your face, right? I think that even in um, the EU is a way for Europe to, I don't agree with everything, maybe. Well, I don't agree with everything, but it makes sense. I mean, think about of course. it. You have other countries that are huge. Yeah. I mean, Europe, the EU now collectively is one of the biggest financial places, but each one of those countries, uh, countries nations separately right. are small. Right. So you, you have to pull, you know, you have certain regions in the EU that are really good at agriculture. Mm-hmm. That's the same way China does and the U.S. does. I mean, there's certain regions of the state that is... Agriculture. There's mm-hmm. certain regions of the EU is technology and exporting right. technology or importing this or import. So they managed They imagine they basically, and that was one of the reasons why they started. It was like, oh, how can we get a bunch of nations together to be to be a large block, it's right? So like independent m- countries, right, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: But but isn't that the the allure of the EU? Is that like okay? No longer are you on your own. That if when you do come to hard times, we're here to help out. Yeah, right. As well, long as, you, did, as you play by our rules, right? Which is fair enough. Yeah. Now I don't agree with everything with the EU, but there's more good than bad. Yeah. And if you're looking at someone like Spain and Greece who had major financial collapses, right? If they're on their own, do they, they even they- exist today? Yeah. Whereas if with the EU they they possibly get bailed out, but I'm thinking if you're part of a larger community, you're going to be better off as opposed to being on your own.
0: Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, just think. I mean, I know for sure that Spain and the UK don't have the same weather. Right. So how can one do something really well and the other one do something really well just because of where they are? Yeah. And work together, like you said, to make sure they both eat at the end of the day. And then if you need something. I think what happened, though, is politics, and they flipped that. So they said... You know, the the ultra argument, the counter, ultra, ultra mm. counter argument to that is we don't want to be under rule by one government our or body. body. And we want to be our own nat- nation. Right. To make our own decisions right. about. Th- so they flipped it. It was the negative of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, th- I think it's like,
1: <laughs> you know, I think for years I grew up and. I would be watching the news back home in Ireland, right? And it was like, you know, some some crazy gun stuff that went on in the U.S. And I'm like, man, do they even know how they look to the rest of the world? Mm -hmm. Like, we think you're crazy. Just ban them or do something, right? Then you come over here and you're like, no, we have this right to have this. Whatever. Like, that's one thing. I'm looking at Brexit and I'm like, this is not going to be good long term for the people who live there. You know, you're bringing in this unnecessary distraction and... Oh, yeah. You know I mean?
0: The guy that he has the same haircut as... Um, is this US clown one? over here? Yeah.
1: Birds of a feather, my man. Yeah. Birds of a feather. Man, we've covered a lot today.
0: Yeah, we went through um, every orifice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Twice over. Twice over, right.
0: <laughs> is there anybody you want to shout
1: out before we, we wrap it up? Um, because I, I really actually wanted to ask you a little bit more about, like, where your dad grew up in England and yeah. stuff real quick because, oh, right, yeah. like you said, right now he's living in, is it Nottingham? Yeah. Um, did he grow up in Nottingham or was it somewhere different?
0: No, I grew up in Nottingham. Nottingham? Okay. He was the first of his family to actually, because he was younger. I think uh, my grandparents, uh, they immigrated in like the 19, so they had this, you know, big drive in England at that time because of the infrastructure right. in 19- Fifties and late forties to sixties. They had just so they came over with a bunch of uh, West Indian okay. immigrants. So the parents made their way there, and he was the first. And I think three older than him um, were born in Jamaica. Okay, yeah, I, I know what it was like back then for
1: immigrants in England. Like yeah. even for the Irish, right? So the Irish, you know, as you know, were white mostly, but. Uh it's weren't wild. Weren't, weren't well taken to, right? So yeah. you had like no Irish signs up and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you were a person of color back then, yeah, I'm thinking it was ten times worse. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like because to know someone's Irish, you got to talk to them. To know someone's not from originally back then it's you not can part of, you, can, yeah. you can look at someone of, of, who's
0: a person of color and be like, yeah. So, so you're a target all the time. Yeah. To abuse, yeah, right? Yeah. Target of um, abuse. Um, to be a, to be fair though. I think it was a lot better in England than it was here. Yeah. At the same time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my dad, I remember my mom telling me stories that, you know, when he was there, he did well. I mean, he was well educated. Yeah. And it's more a classist thing there than it is right racial. Yeah. But here, he's, he had a really hard time dealing with like, People mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, he should be able to walk how he want to walk and right. talk to someone directly, look him in the eye, mm-hmm. like move around, yeah, and, you know, demand things, be there with his own person. And I feel like he had really hard times with that. She told me stories that he, on his resume, he's mm-hmm. well educated, he's from uh, England and everything else, and it's how backwards this place is sometimes at that time, right? He said, um he got there to an interview and the guy actually said like I didn't know that you were black mm.
1: so you're like the guy he, was white from England
0: because he was British right and the guy he's like I thought you said you're from England he said yeah no yeah I am right Yeah, had a British accent and everything but you know it's just you know, it's the
1: same thing we were talking about,
0: about earlier yeah
1: it's you crazy know, man that is and well, well what does, what's british to you? You know like to the, to that person who was talking to exactly. you right? So his so
0: in ignorance. It's just like we talked we talked not too long ago we said you know England's favorite second favorite dish is curry. I right. mean it's not <laughs> <laughs> That's not English. No, not. <laughs> Tell me again how they got that dish. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding.
1: And you know we mentioned as well that your mom obviously was american right? Yeah. Did she grow up in North Carolina?
0: Um, she did. Okay. Uh, she has a lot of stories on her side, too. She's come from wild backgrounds. Uh, it's almost like a miracle that I'm here. It's weird because she comes from southern, like, Tobaccoville, eastern North Carolina. Wow. Even that story is complicated because her parents and her grandparents, some of them were, like, sharecroppers and stuff right. like that, but at the same time, after that it's like every generation like exponentially grew Mm -hmm. were like owned their own land and then walked how they wanted to walk and talked to people how they wanted to talk to them and at the 1940s and 30s in in North Carolina you shouldn't be walking like that (laughs) so every generation was like exponential growth so I don't even know. She told me stories that she, the summers would help her, her grandfather out, because he was a sharecropper at the Mm. time, help him pick tobacco so he could then harvest and then take it to the market. But she said when he got to the market, they would pay him 60 cents on the dollar, so they would pay the other guy, like white guy, like uh, $1 for his 60 cents for the same weight of tobacco. Oh, so the the in Cheaper, from him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she said, and even then, it, you know. So it was, it was imagine a person from that background, and a person from that immigrated from Jamaica, right then to uh, England. Yeah. And then got together to birth me. Right.
1: Wild. And I'm just thinking about not only how your parents ended up and how you ended up, right, but the the things that your parents have seen and gone through. I don't even like even me or my generation or kids who are younger. We don't fully comprehend what people have been through uh-huh. historically. You know what I mean? Because like, right. you're talking about the 40s, yeah. the 50s in North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, that wasn't a good time. Yeah, you know. I don't think so. <laughs> For a lot of people, but yeah, mainly, a, mainly some minorities. Your
0: grandparents too. You know, like growing up. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know how far back your people are in Ireland or anything, but it's not all you know right rose, no, wasn't not rose yeah. no.
1: and my granddad was around when electricity first came in <sighs> right so one of the best things i ever done before he passed away a, a year ago was uh i recorded some conversations with him mm. one of those conversations was like just going over his favorite memories and one of those memories was when they first got electricity wow. and his father my granddad's father was like okay we have electricity like we don't have to burn candles anymore and they went and nobody would turn on the light. <laughs> He's scared. They're oh, right. scared. <laughs> because there was all these warnings about getting electrocuted, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. And so stuff like that. And then like just just hearing planes who were lost or or, you know, gone gone astray during World War Two and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because back then you never heard a plane overhead, mm-hmm. you know? And stuff like that. And so I think just the best thing i ever did was ask him about his life mm. and what he went through and mm. uh, what he experienced and
0: i never did that i mean i have it here but i'm right. thinking about my great-grandmother I would, I would, and stuff but i would, and
1: but and I would talk to, your, to even your parents too like i want and i want to do them. the same thing with my parents yeah. more because i'll say it right now i take my parents for granted sometimes because you always think they're going to be around right yeah you know um but i want to ask them questions about their childhood and stuff like that and you yeah know, um, and i just recently saw a picture of my father with his first car and right. it was just like old ford right, All right like a right. model t is yeah. <laughs> um but it, it's crazy to, to look back on on what people have lived through yeah because we have it pretty good right now yeah and these people have sacrificed so so we could have that right you know and, and we don't comprehend that no. fully i don't think
0: yeah I don't it's it's impossible you know it's hard to
1: it is hard to take in yeah but I think we have to make the effort to try yeah you know and I think we get so caught up in everyday me 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 now that right the contributions of others kind of get minimized you know yeah absolutely well bro I'm gonna I'm gonna call it there because we've been going for two hours (laughs) yeah it's been a while (laughs) I want to thank you for taking some time out today to join me yeah it's been fun yeah it's been a pleasure yeah guys listen if you have a second drop us a review on iTunes we also, also do a 90's hip hop podcast called Ain't No Half Stepping." if you caught the the part we were talking about hip hop you can check us out on that podcast uh, we review a different album every month and I've got two other people on there with me Danny and Eddie um, thanks again Mike guys we'll catch you on the next episode
0: Later.